Hey guys, hope everyone is having a great day. And as always, praying for your safety. And I want to say welcome to another episode of Central Florida Film Review. This time we're going to be doing something really special with the podcast. Something that we've never done before. An hour-long Central Florida Film Review special. The special will be divided into two phases of one long episode. Phase one will be an interview with Ryan Golden, Spencer Coles, and David Ortiz, three members of the creative team behind Star Wars Shadows of the Empire, a fan project, actually a fan film slash fan episodic series that is based off of and tells the story of the famous video game of the same name from 1996. For those of you who are old enough and remember the video game, you'll remember that that was a very well-beloved Star Wars video game for the Nintendo 64 and for PC in the late 90s. This film will tell that story. This series will focus on Dash Rendar and the other characters from that part of the franchise, that little in-between section that is Shadows of the Empire. It is going to be an absolutely fantastic project. You're going to love the interview. And there's a treat. Ryan Golden, who was one of the people in the interview, does an impression of Darth Vader. And he is the voice of Darth Vader for the fan series. He is one of the best Darth Vader voice actors other than James Earl Jones himself. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to love this. Part two of this episode will then be our review of Disney's The Mandalorian Season 1. You guys are going to love it. Thank you for everything. Please stay tuned. Consider going to Indiegogo.com and financially supporting Shadows of the Empire, the fan series. Let's get started. Okay, so as with every episode, the first thing that I want to have you guys listen to is the trailer for what we're going to be talking about. In this case, I'm going to have you listen to the promotional trailer for the Shadows of the Empire fan project on Indiegogo.com. This can also be found on their YouTube channel, Star Wars Beyond. Hello, I'm Spencer Coles, and I'm here today to introduce you to our campaign for Shadows of the Empire. The first aspect we felt was the most crucial was to get the look of Star Wars. Thanks to our artists and costume designers, we've been able to get a brief glimpse into the world of Shadows, an insight on the story we want to tell. We had a vision to bring a beloved story to life in a way that hasn't really been utilized. We wanted to capture the tone of shadows through the costumes, which is why we'd commissioned several professional designers to create them. The atmosphere and characters are arguably the most important aspects of Star Wars, and we made it our goal to ensure that the feel and style of Star Wars was not only respected, but implemented in the characters and their design. This is crucial to any homage, let alone one to a story like Shadows of the Empire.
The visual effects are an equally important part and help serve as the background for Shadows of the Empire. To accomplish this, we wanted to go back to the roots of Star Wars. This includes a very balanced use of computer-generated images and models created by ourselves or various well-known companies like Bandai. This allows us to create a wide variety of shots and images, and will harken back to the original Star Wars in various ways. Another largely important role is the talent that eventually portrays the characters we have come to love. For Dash and Zizor, it was especially crucial that we find actors that can not only act and look like them, but can become their characters. This not only applies to them, but to the rest of the cast, as they were specifically chosen with a balance of looks and acting capabilities in mind. We just met. How do you know that we're not going to be best buds like me and William here? He's out of the picture, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Too bad about that. Too bad about that. For Dash Rendar, the thing we looked for most was the charisma. In Shadows of the Empire, Dash is very charming, funny, and confident. We found all these and more in Lance Bonza, who we found captures even the smallest mannerisms of Dash, not just in his acting, but in his everyday life. Can I see it? Uh, it, it? It's kind of personal. Yeah. What's this? I am not getting myself killed for your vendetta. I have a daughter, for Christ's sakes. That girl in there? She's someone's daughter, too. What if she was yours? Is there anything you wouldn't do to hunt that son of a bitch down that did that to her and kill him? I will show you the true nature of the Force. For the role of Darth Vader, we knew we had to split it up. First, we were able to find and bring on Dupree Jones, most notable for his role as the body of Vader in various fan films, including Vader, Shards of the Past. For the voice of Darth Vader, we found a rather undiscovered talent, Ryan Golden, who has studied the voice, inflections, and mannerisms of Darth Vader for his entire life. Luke, you do not yet realize your importance. You have only begun to discover your power. Join me, and I will complete your training. With our combined strength, we can end this destructive conflict and bring order to the galaxy. I'll never join you! He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. Although the initial travel ban earlier this year limited our ability to scout locations, we can safely confirm that the main cockpit for the Outrider awaits us in a hangar in Dallas, Texas. The interior that was originally created by Greg Dietrich has been worked on as a group effort by a various number of people. We are extremely fortunate to be able to use this set for a series and cannot wait to get started. Now all that's left is your help. Only you, the fans, can help make this possible. While we have made these assets and teams set in place, we need help in getting even more to make this a full Star Wars experience. This is made by the fans for the fans. This is not just one person's effort. We're so privileged to be working with so many talented Star Wars fans to bring this journey to life. And we hope you can join us on this journey as well. And I think in today's world, you know, there's so many times that we say we want to create something or we want to do something and people tell us that we can't. And I think that portrays the wrong message because what we should be doing is encouraging people and letting them know that anything is possible if you truly put your mind to it. Here's a story that's been around for so long. I'm like, let's do this. If you're a fan, you got to be part of this. Got to be.
Uh, welcome to another episode of Central Florida Film Review. Today we have three very honored guests with us. Uh, so as you all remember from my last announcement on Instagram, uh, this is actually an episode where I'll be reviewing uh, The Mandalorian. But I wanted to do something a little bit different, but still Star Wars related first uh, as the be kind of the opener for our episode. I wanted to give you guys the treat of an interview with three individuals who are heavily involved with a Star Wars fan-made project, if I'm not mistaken, it's an episodic series based off a very famous video game in the Star Wars uh, saga from the late 90s, Shadows of the Empire. So today we have with us Mr. Ryan Golden, Spencer Coles, and David Ortiz. Uh, Mr. Ortiz is the director for the film. Mr. Coles is the one of the producers, and then Mr. Golden is a voice actor who was cast to help provide the voice for the venerable Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Vader. Gentlemen, thank you guys so much for being here. It's an honor and a privilege. Thanks for having us. Yeah, exactly. So, to start off, uh, this is kind of a question that I have for uh, Mr. Ortiz and Mr. Coles. Uh, what gave you guys and the other members of the creative writing team and the people that you know started with the pre-production phase before casting, what gave you guys the idea to make a Star Wars fan project that was Shadows of the Empire in particular? Uh, well... Uh, it kind of started with me. Uh, I've always wanted to do uh, a fan film or fan series adaptation of this story. Uh, I, I grew up with the story as a kid, and it, it you know has always stuck with me as as a, just a sort of a major part of my childhood. That you kind of look back and they're like you know they did everything for it. They did a book, a comic line, they did a toy line, they did soundtrack and a video game and you know it was the sort of story that should have gotten a movie that never did uh, um, and and so I've, I've always been interested in doing that and so when I started pursuing my career in film um, back in 2016 I think when I first started or 2017 excuse me when I started university I you know thought oh this is a perfect opportunity to you know learn uh, how to essentially work in this sort of industry and in this sort of uh, process and make something really fun. So uh, my close friend Spencer, who uh, I had, I've had i known for a couple years now that I originally met um, as a voice actor for one of my audio dramas, uh, he kind of helped with the conceptualization of the script and uh, how to sort of modernize it and, and make it so that it you know, fits in, in, you know, in present day, but at the same time sort of pays homage to the original story and the original trilogy itself. Uh, so it took, it took a while to get the script going. And, um, you know, after that we've, we faced many trials and tribulations up until this point and, and there's still a lot, but, um, yes, but I, and I can, you know, I don't want to speak for Spencer directly, but I know he, uh, he's been a really, big help and just kind of keeping things uh in line and making sure that like you know this makes sense continuity wise or that you know this character would say this and, and wouldn't do that or what have you man and i, I think i'm oh, sorry uh, go ahead. Know, for me um just kind of you know i think i think david and i kind of shared the same sentiment in that you know, a lot of a lot of fan films, particularly within Star Wars, have. You know, I I don't mean to sit like it's not a degrading in a way, but you often see kind of recurring pattern in in the in a lot of the Star Wars fan films, and we kind of wanted to stray away and do something a little bit different and um, kind of reach out more in with particular stories that haven't been, you know you know, vastly explored, particularly on film. And so I think, you know, when we were exploring all of our options, because, you know, uh, you know, David kind of approached me with doing a Star Wars fan film. And, and then, you know, he, once he brought up Shadows, I was like, that's the perfect story to do 
a fan film on because, you know, we've, again, like David has, David just pointed out, you know, we had, you know, there's, there's all these different forms of media that have covered this story, but not really in the realm of like film. And I just think it's just such a perfect story to do it for, you know? Yeah, I see, I see what you mean. I absolutely agree because, I mean, it is an amazing story and it's really, as far as I know, it's the only major project that Lucasfilm and all other George Lucas properties back before the dark times when Disney bought everything uh, did that was set, uh, if I'm not, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, the opening mission of the video game is the Battle of Hoth. I mean, you know, it's between episodes five, Empire Strikes Back, and six, Return of the Jedi, right? Uh, yes, and and funnily enough, you know, again, talking about the, the various forms of mediums, but um, for us, I think we really wanted to stick to the roots of the game because, um, well, one, I think a lot more people are familiar with it, but also... For it, for my case, well, for David and I's case, and specifically, you know, we've, you know, the Star Wars games, the you know, the, the Lucas Arts games have always been, um, you know, I, I think they're kind of undervalued, underappreciated, for just how much they expand the lore of Star Wars and are able to create these compelling and fascinating environments and characters and and really flesh things out, you know, and and I think for us. We wanted to take that aspect with the games and portray it in film. And, you know, I think there's a lot of different avenues we could go with it as far as um, expanding, you know, Dash and, you know, and even with, you know, some of the established characters like, you know, Leia and, and Luke, you know, you know, obviously they're not going to be as prevalent in this story. But, you know, I think we can have some things here and there, incorporate certain things that, you know, you wouldn't particularly see in any of the, you know, the established films like, you know, the, the EOT. Um, and so I think basing it a lot off of the game, I think allows us to kind of pay homage to that, but also kind of incorporate certain things that, you know, again, that are kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, just you, you wouldn't normally have gotten through the conventional films. Um, yeah, and, and sort of piggybacking off of that real quick, too, like, at the same time, too, I, I also wanted there to be a sort of balance, because everybody's familiar with Shadows for di in different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, maybe didn't have an N64 PC at the time, and they grew up reading the book, or maybe a kid read the comics, or whatever it may be. Uh, so, you know, we wanted to keep a sense of familiarity with anybody that grew up with any part of shot any any media platform of shadows uh you know like the dog fight between ig88 and boba fett you know that's not necessarily in the game but it, it, it's very it's a big scene in the comic line uh and you know that's something that we're still incorporating but at the same time you know dash rendar is very non-existent in the book um which i think is you know in, in pretty weird um but he's very much so in in the comics and in the game so i thought you know he's got to be the main character for this uh and so you know we really wanted to do our best not everything it's, it's not you can't please everybody but we really wanted to try our best to get as much of a mixture that would be um that would be that would follow continuity and take the best aspects from each platform yeah i mean it's absolutely amazing what you guys are doing because uh Really, I mean, there have been some good Star Wars fan films out there uh, over the years, and there have also been some not-so-good ones. And I don't say that in a judgmental way. You know, people do the best they can, and, you know, sometimes things just, they sound great, and they feel right, but they don't always look that great because you, you don't have the budget to make them look as great as you wanted to. Uh, so my next question is for you, Mr. Golden. Uh, so you, uh, as I mentioned earlier, are the person who is providing the voice for Darth Vader, 
And I, I don't really, I don't know if impression is the right term, you, you, because you do a great job of sounding just like Vader from the films. And, but you practiced it for years, and you, you built it from scratch, and you figured out what you needed to do with your vocal cords to be that Vader. Yeah. In, you know, in 2020, so impression might not even do it justice. That might even be a little bit of an insult. But, uh. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where wh- give me some of the basics. Where are you from, and how did you, uh, or rather, I guess, when did you, I should say, decide that you wanted to uh, get into uh, voiceover as your chosen profession? Um, well, I come from uh, a small town in New York, uh, Dunkirk, in New York, I believe it's called. Is where I was born. Um, I lived there for a couple of years, moved to, and I spent most of my life in Maryland, um, in a small town uh, called Cambridge. I lived there for most of my life, moved to Virginia for a brief time, and now I'm in southern Florida. And um, it was, I believe, my eighth grade year in school when I was approached by my English teacher after uh, the first uh, round of testing. And I was told that I'm extraordinarily, you know, good with English and I'm, I have these high scores and whatnot, and they want me to try out for a theater program. And of course, I'm at this point, I have no experience in theater or anything. I've never done anything like that in my life, you know. So I reluctantly agree and uh, I audition and um, I went from this very nervous, you know, I was very reserved in my audition. I wasn't uh, as outspoken as I am now. Um, and after that, they they let me in, and uh, they taught me everything that I know now. They taught me how to manipulate my chords to do to serve my purposes. They taught me how to you know the basics of theater, you know, projection and the stage rules and all that. And it was all very fascinating to me. You know, this this art of performing and this art of becoming this completely different character. And, you know, that all was very enthralling and fascinating to me. The only thing I didn't like about it was just the preparation. You know, the, the, the backstage, you know, all this confusion and yelling and, you know, the mic checks are atrocious for me. I have a hearing condition, so... Um, those high frequencies can be a very big problem for me. Um, but it was around this time when I started to think about voiceover and really start to get into it. Um, and, and my mother, uh, she wanted to do at the time, she wanted to do this radio show or something. I don't remember what it was, but she bought the, the, the equipment for it. She bought the studio equipment and she she never used it because she kind of scrapped the idea but she still had the equipment so because i wanted to get into voiceover i was you know i asked her hey could i uh borrow this equipment you know hook it up in my room and try to do this and she agreed at first it was just borrowing but you know <laughs> uh now that equipment is mine of course uh but um I started doing voiceover around 2019, 2018. I don't recall the year which I started, but I know that it was about a year or two ago. Um, And that's the story. Um, I started doing Megatron first from the G1 Transformers. uh, Originally done by Frank Welker, I started doing that. That That was fun. I still do it sometimes, you know. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, one day I just decided I wanted to do Darth Vader, and that's kind of where we are now. It was a really long story, but, uh, you know. Well, I mean, hey, it's it's a great story. Uh, to be honest, it's in tr- truly fascinating. This uh, this whole thing is fascinating, and uh, partly because I mean, of course, it's a Star Wars fan series. Which uh, again, there's a lot of Star Wars fan projects out there that actually are great ideas, and and some of them, when the people collaborate with teams like this, they turn out they f- they become fantastic final products when people take their time and they get together and they form this 
uh, group that helps everything come together piece by piece uh, with knowledge and uh, patience, and you guys are doing that, which is amazing. But also, I've always been a radio, film, and television lover and buff, and film, and especially film and uh, TV, uh, mostly films of the of those three films being the top one. And uh, I I'll never forget when I was a kid, and my family showed me the. It was back in 1997, uh, 1997, 1998. I was two or three years old, and my family introduced me to Star Wars by putting a tape in a VCR, and it was the first time that George Lucas and the teams of creatives at THX and Skywalker Sound and etc. had released the Star Wars Special Edition, and one of the things that was included on all three tapes of the original trilogy for the Special Edition was a promo that had a particular very famous and now long deceased, may he rest in peace, voice actor named Don LaFontaine, who was the king of the 80s and 90s movie trailer. And he, with a booming voice that sounded like a deity from Greek mythology, just with the opening crawl from the films and music from John Williams, said... In 1977, producer-director George Lucas created the Star Wars trilogy and changed the way we look at movies. And my eyes jumped out of my head. And when I listen to what you guys are doing and I hear the clips and everything that you compiled for the trailers, it reminds me of that. It gives me that old, classic Star Wars feel and it brings me back to the days of when I was a kid again and wishing that I could get Don LaFontaine's autograph. And I'm like, well, I didn't think anybody else could still do that. Um, so, other question for you, Mr. Golden. You tell me the story of how you met uh, David and everyone with this project and how you came into contact with the Shadows of the Empire uh, fan series. Um, well, I was looking for work, um, about a, you know, uh, a few months ago, I was looking for work, and, um, this call for a, uh, audio drama version of the unreleased Duel of the Fates script for episode nine was being casted, this, you know, audio drama thing, and I auditioned for a short cameo role as the Emperor, uh, just as a hologram, because that's how he appears, you know. Uh, and I got casted. I got invited to the group where we were all going, we, we were all to discuss things like the script and how they wanted it to be recorded. And um, I spoke to David, because at the time I believed him to be, like, the project owner. And at the time I wasn't as, you know... Uh, nearly as experienced as I am now, but I, in an attempt to try to market my work, I told him, I'm like, hey, if you need, you know, Darth Vader for anything, I am, you know, I also do that. And uh, he said, oh, well, send me some of your stuff and I'll uh, take a look. I sent it to him and he, he liked it. And um, eventually he asked me if I could recite the scene from Empire Strikes Back, where Vader and the Emperor speak, uh, you know, over that hologram uh, conversation. And, um, of course, I did it. I sent it to him. Uh, and he told me about Shadows, and he said that he wanted to... He might use it for promos for Shadows. And, of course, I was ecstatic, because it's like, yay, more work. <laughs> uh, but... Um, that's kind of how I met him and uh, joined on the project. And yeah. Man, that's, that's, the... that's wow. That's, that's incredible. Uh, and congratulations, by the way, that's, that's great. And uh, we wish you the nothing but the biggest success and for your career and more roles to come. 
And, uh, you know, I mentioned before I started the episode that uh, I'm trying to get into uh, commercial voiceover and also a little bit of narration. So uh, wish me luck. Fingers crossed. Oh, yeah, Um, of course. Yeah, absolutely. uh, By the way, just out of curiosity, uh, this one's not quite as important, but uh, how old are you guys? Uh, I'm 25. I am 21. I'm 16 years old. Six? Wait. Wait, 16 years old? Yeah. Dude, you sound like you're 35 because of how deep and mature your voice is. Like, it's... You sound like you're older than me. No, no. I'm I'm younger than I bled on. Wow, that's... Yeah. I don't mean that as a, I mean that, you know, I'm not... I mean that as a compliment, of course. Yeah, I I mean, I'm 25, but people, people... A lot of people, when they look at me, still think I'm 18, but... This isn't about me. This is about you guys and about a kick-ass fan project. So, if people want to support uh, Shadows of the Empire, where can they go and, you know, what would be the easiest way to do it? Well, the, I think the, the, the most effective means of, of contributing would be uh, we're currently, we have a, a campaign on Indiegogo right now. I believe we have about like 31 or 32 days left into our campaign. Um, so yeah, we have, we have a slew of different packages that you can contribute to. So, um, you know, you can just go there, contribute what you can, but if, you know, if, if even, even at probably arguably just as the, the most effective thing you can do is also just sharing the project, letting other people know about it, you know, um, Again, sharing. I, we just recently uh, released our our campaign trailer for the actual um, Indiegogo site. So, um, yeah, that would be probably the the two most effective ways of uh, supporting and contributing to the project. Okay, fantastic, Fan- absolutely fantastic. And yeah, guys, for any of you listening, please help them out. Let's 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 make this happen. I donated. I wasn't able to donate a lot. I I don't remember how much it was. I think it was ten dollars because I work at McDonald's and I am not a man of means yet. But uh, I I want to help them out, and I would really appreciate it as a personal favor to me because a lot of you who have supported this podcast are people that have known me since middle and high school. You know, let's show these guys some love if you can afford it, if you can spare it, because I really want to make this project happen, and I really want to help them make this project happen, and I, I think we should help them make this project happen. They're they're pouring their heart and soul into this, and they're even trying to finish it in the safest way possible during a pandemic. I mean, come on, that's dedication with a capital T. I mean, sorry, capital D. My bad. I'm tired. But... So let, let's help them out and show them some love. Uh, go to Indiegogo.com and look up Shadows of the Empire fan series and just donate anything you can. And it every every little bit helps. If we can get enough people to help them with it, they'll reach their goal and we can keep this science fiction train rolling. So uh, with you guys and this project... I noticed that on the Indiegogo page, you know, you also provide a description of how you're executing the project, and I noticed that you are actually uh, doing some of what was done in the original uh, trilogy. You're combining uh, digital effects with also the use of models of the Star Wars vehicles and craft and models of sets. Uh, tell me what that's uh, been like, uh, you know, and... I'm sure you guys have enjoyed it, but you know, what are some of the challenges that you've had to face in uh, creating that for this project? Well, I think one of the biggest things is we want to make it, you know, not just like the original trilogy in that regard, but we also want to make it very realistic as much as we can. And so I think one of the main challenges was, you know, finding a, a correct balance between uh, digital and practical and, um, you know that 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 could be through anything like uh you know from the robots being practical even if you know they are a bit uh janky um to you know small models like the uh like the probe droid or the probot and uh you know putting that against just a, a background of a still background of hoth and then doing uh you know still animations or uh stop motion photography i think is what it's called and and just doing anything like that uh, on the practical side, uh, you know, and, and seeing what works and what doesn't and, 
you know, I think the other thing too is is working closely with our VFX artists. I mean, we've got some very talented VFX artists working with us, and I think um, they 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 understand our vision and they understand what we're wanting out of this, and so. Uh, you know, working with them has actually been less of a challenge uh, now because a lot of them, again, understand really what we're trying to go for. Um, but yeah, creating models it has been really difficult. And I think creating the Outrider, uh, which is something we're still doing, uh, we, we actually have a model already uh, in place uh, that's actually going to be tweaked just a little bit by one of our artists. Um, but it's from EC Henry, who makes a lot of models in the Star Wars community and a lot of custom models and stuff. And so we're going to take his 3D model, print it out, um, probably one uh, one thirty something scale, maybe for really large. Uh, get it painted and everything, and and do some tests with that in a in a small studio room. And just and just seeing, you know, where where we can go with that, and what we can do, and then from there, you know, it'll be pretty instantaneous instantaneous that oh this is what we can do this is what we can't uh and it's really just everybody working together the like the director of photography the myself uh and the vfx artists all kind of working as a as a trio um in those departments to you know make sure that everything looks right the lighting looks right the color on this part of the ship matches that on the on the digital version of the ship and, and, and so on. And so, um, it's definitely a challenge, but you know, it's one that it's that we can't overcome. And it's one that I think we've been tackling, uh, very efficiently. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's, that's absolutely just astounding. I mean, uh, actually, you know, with a project of this size and scope, uh, how many people would you say between, like if you were to you know combine yourselves and artists and modelers and puppeteers, you know fill in the blank crew, cat, at, voice actors, everybody. How many people do you think total are involved in the project altogether? We have anywhere between. I I I remember the number. I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but I could definitely give you an estimate that we have about seventy-five to a hundred people in the entire of the entirety of the production from the biggest to the smallest roles even if they're just helping us you know lending us something or lending us a property or, or whatever the case may be we we have around that number of 75 to 100 so i'd say about maybe 85 is where uh where we're at and it, it's growing you know it, i i lose track all the time because there's always somebody new that's added on to the project yeah. The, wow. Yeah. The, and I'm not surprised. I, I actually, I thought you were going to, I thought for a minute there, I thought you were going to tell me some like watery number figure. Uh, no, I don't mean that in a sarcastic way. I mean, because, it, you know, I can already tell how many people want to help this happen. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm from uh, central Florida. Uh, so I live in the same state that Mr. Golden now does, uh, but I'm several long hours away from him. I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm actually about an hour away from our, the city of Orlando by car. Uh, but if there is a way that I could help with the project um, in like a minor way, I would consider it an honor and a privilege to be able to participate in this because I've always actually wanted to be part of a Star Wars fan project. I've just never had an opportunity to uh, in any capacity. And uh, there is one other team of individuals that have been kind enough to offer me a chance to participate in theirs. They're just not at that stage yet because they're still finishing things in the, in, uh, you know, in the most creative way possibly because of the pandemic, which of course you guys are no stranger to that either. Um, so if there's anything I can do, it would be absolutely a, a pleasure um and as, as for the project itself and and i'll try to cut to the chase here because i'm sure you guys are busy so i can't keep you here all night and thank you again for your time um well i mean a film like this to say the least is not cheap i mean you guys created an indiegogo campaign for a reason uh would you would you say that the film in its current state uh, is in any danger? Um, I, I think, think it's always, 
Oh, okay. You can answer that if you Oh, yeah, okay. I think it's... See, that's a tough question to answer. Um, Because I think there's always dangers, there's always risks and challenges that are present in something like this and in just in any sort of creative endeavor that you do. And and I don't think it's, it's so much that uh, we feel like there's a critical danger or a critical mass about to, you know, about to explode. Um, but, you know, there's there's always dangers of, of uh, you know, what if this thing suddenly becomes unavailable after we get funded or what if we don't get funded? You know, what if this and what if that? Um, but I try to tell my team, you know, and, and then usually they also have to remind me sometimes is, you know, let, let's just not look at that. Let's just focus on, on getting it done and getting it uh, to the best that it can be. And once we've done everything that we can, we leave it to the fans and the audience and, and, and the people who who say they want to see it. We leave it to them to kind of not necessarily fulfill their part, but to, you know, help us in that regard and, you know, furthering the project. Because at this point, we, we've really done everything that we can do. Um, given the circumstances of things, you know, like the pandemic and, and uh, other other big challenges that have come up. So um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I, I feel like it's in danger, but at the same time, I, I do very much recognize that there are uh, risks and, and continuous challenges that will happen even after the film is done or after the series is completed. Um, yeah, no, I 100% recognize that that, is always a possibility, but I, I I wouldn't necessarily confirm or deny that it's in a state of danger, if that makes sense. Well, I think, uh, just again, kind of uh, going off what you were saying earlier, you know, I think, again, COVID has been our, our biggest obstacle, you know. It, 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 you know, we were actually planning on, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, David, but we were actually um, planning on doing some test footage, uh, shooting some, uh, just some, some test shots, uh, you know, earlier this year, but because of COVID, it, it drastically put an impact on that. But, you know, we've been able to overcome a lot uh, of issues that stem from COVID. And, you know, despite how much it has impacted our, our project, I mean, we're all really technical people. Everybody on board, we're all, you know, we have, you know, specialties and things that we can, uh, and multiple uh, talents, you know, and skill sets that we can use to uh, contribute in, in various different ways. So I think, you know, when something like when a, when a get when a wrench gets thrown in like that, you know, we're we're able to adjust. We're able to, you know, uh, you know, stay the course. You know, more or less because, you know, again, like David said, we're 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 no strangers when it comes to things that um, present as that are presented as challenges for us in production. Um, and that's just not even exclusively the shadows. I mean, David and I have collaborated on a, a slew of different projects, and we've run into, <laughs> I mean, anything you can think of as far as uh, production-wise goes, as far as issues in production. Um, you know, so, it, again, you know, I, I would just say it back as, yes, there is the potential for there to be a problem, but even if there is, we're all well-equipped to deal with them. You know, so man, you yeah, you guys are you know to quote Seth MacFarlane, well, you are a trooper. No, but really, you guys are doing an amazing job, and you are soldiering on. And uh, we wish you the best of luck. You'll be in prayers. Uh, if we can donate again, we will, and I'll encourage everyone I can to donate. And uh, I know some other people that make Star Wars content, and I, I can't, you know, I, I don't have the clout to guarantee that they'll do anything, but I will reach out to them for you. They make Star Wars content. One of them is also a film studio, and one of them makes uh, CGI Star Wars content for their YouTube channel. And if I can get them to help you out in any way, or just at least get them to contact you themselves and talk about it, I, I will. Um, also, uh, thank you guys for so much for being here. Uh, I will stop now and just cut cut it there, except for one last thing. You, you've answered all the questions, and I've kept you here long enough. It's been like half an hour, and I thank you for your patience. Um, I, oh, yeah, absolutely. I, Thanks for having us. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's been a pl- pleasure. I've never actually interviewed anyone for this podcast before, but this was so big that I felt like I needed to make an exception. And um, I do have just one last favor to ask. And 
if if the answer is no, I totally understand. This is a free country. But, Mr. Golden, a man... I'm trying to get a career going in voiceover. You're trying to get a career going in voiceover. You know, Mikasa as Sukasa, but... Well, uh, actually, sorry. Mi problema as su problema. But uh, with a man of your talent, could you do me a favor and just give me, like... For the for the people who might be listening to this uh, soon, once I get get it edited together, could you give us like five seconds of Lord Vader? Uh, sure thing. Just uh... would this be serviceable for you? I'm sorry, I actually had trouble breathing there for a moment. Yeah, that was... Wow. Wow. That's insanity, man. You you sound just like James Earl Jones. I mean, the only, you really can't tell the difference. That has to be the best James Earl Jones impression I've heard in years. Because the only other person that sounds even remotely close to as good as you as a guy that they hire for the video games and you do a better he's good he's not bad but you do a better job than he does of nailing it because he has uh he has an accent he's from like ohio or something and he has just a little bit of an accent you can hear it in his voice uh but yeah that's that's incredible man that's great work yeah but well you know uh i thank you you know um Just, we'll just say this, you know, James Earl Jones is right when he says that the voice is, mm, it's, it fails you constantly, really, it does. You know, David will know, because we've, we've had recording sessions for promo stuff where it'll take me 30 minutes to get a, to get a take good enough for, you know, one line, you know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, but, you know, that's just how it how it goes sometimes i guess but no thank you for the compliments yeah i i i i mean that yeah you you have blown me away with shock and admiration and awe just yeah and actually uh, i will end this now this is the absolute last question of this recording (laughs) but i i want to know actually how like, what do you do to recreate your version of that? Because it sounds like when I hear it, you're, 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 you know, you're standing in front of the mic and you're getting yourself set up and you're making sure that everything's turned on so you can record and get started. And because of how iconic a voice that is and how good of a job you're doing, it sounds like you have to reach into your diaphragm and into your soul to make you it happen. Really do. Especially me. I'm a, I'm a mid tenor. Uh, and James Earl Jones is a lower voice. Fortunately, mid, you know, being a tenor, I can reach low and high, but it takes a lot of work. You know, I've been doing Vader and deeper voices for a long time now, so I have the fortunate advantage of... Because when I started doing theater, I did deeper voices. You know, I did Scar from The Lion King and Jeff Barr, and these are deeper voices, though they have their high points, and that's the same with Vader. He's it's not on the same level of those voices in terms of, you know, the actual performance. It's legendary, but it's, it's so just, it's powerful and it's hard to keep up because you have to have this, gosh, I don't know how to explain it. Stamina. You have to have this. Yeah. It's, it's, it tires you out to do it for long periods of time, but it's so fun. You know, once you, once you get a good take and you hear it, it's just, and of course, I can't really give away my, my magician, can't give away all of his tricks. You know, I can't tell you how I'm doing it behind the scenes. But, you know, in terms of the actual voice, it's just practice makes perfect, I suppose. Yeah, I, I totally. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, the only other thing I'll really say is just that um, a lot of people um, that I know who also do voiceover for Darth, because I know a lot of other Darth Vaders, you know. Um, They sometimes make this mistake where they just 
focus on being, you know, having a deep voice. And sometimes it can hurt the performance because doing Vader and any other voice, really, you know, it's not just about keeping it as a deep voice or keeping a high voice or anything. It's just about the actual, you know, it's about performing it as well. And that's what makes it so exhausting. That's why it's so difficult to do it for, I mean, again, David can tell you, you know, he's muted right now, but he could tell you. And I think Smitty can tell you as well. Like it's exhausting. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 No, I've, I've heard again, like you said, I've heard a lot of, or I've been to a lot of recording sessions with him where we try to get some stuff and he's just like, <clears throat> And he and he just can't he can't find it and it's like you can hear that it's just slightly there but it feels like just like a fleeting voice and it's just like right uh, it's like you you are right there but um, yeah it's but yeah, difficult it definitely does seem to take a lot out of him and appreciate uh, the effort that he does put in because he he does put in a lot of effort well that is absolutely incredible. And, and I, I mean that with all sincerity. I'm not patronizing. That was amazing. And, uh, you know, a good, good luck with your career. And, uh, you know, uh, keep me posted on how things go. I want to hear how things go for you because uh, I'm 25. I go for you guys with the project and also for you, Mr. Golden, with your career. I'm 25 and I'm brand new to the industry. Uh, so I know your pain. I'm not trying to get into uh, character voiceover. Uh, I'm, I'm To be honest, I might even, after that what I've heard from you, I might even hit you up on a time when you're not buried in under work and ask for tips about changing your voice because my vo I'm a baritone slash bass one, you know, bottom of baritone just with just a touch of bass. And I, I have, tr my voice tends to stay in that range. I really have trouble manipulating anything. Uh, and you have, you know, you have training that's helped you learn how to do that. So I, I may ask for some pointers at a different time, but gentlemen, um, it's, it's been, uh, thank you. It's been an absolute honor having you here. Cannot thank you guys enough. I'm just going to call it there. And I just want to ask is I wanted to ask your permission. What I usually do for the people who do listen to my podcast is I also play audio from the project. So can I ask your permission to only for, uh, in this case, fellow promotional purposes to use some of your, of the audio from the trailers that you've made for shadows of the empire. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that has been the interview section of this episode. And in just a few moments, I'm going to have you guys listen to the trailer that is being used to promote the film and that is on the Indiegogo page and YouTube for Shadows of the Empire, the fan series. And then we'll get into our review of The Mandalorian and predictions for season two. Thank you guys so much, and Central Florida Film Review will be back momentarily. Guys, if you have been able to finish this episode and stick around with us up to this point, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it, and thank you for your support. So what we're going to do now is start off by listening to the trailer for The Mandalorian. This will be the season one trailer that was used during the Christmas time and the holiday season last year when The Mandalorian was released to help launch Disney+. Plus.
Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Don't you agree? Wow, needless to say, that was and is an amazing trailer. They did a fantastic job. The music is great. I'd have to look up the name of the composer. I can't remember his name. I think his name is Stefan Skarsgård or something. But the, the guy who composed the music for The Mandalorian did an absolutely amazing job. The show, of course, along with the music... It's fantastic. Pedro Pascal is actually a pretty good actor. He's doing a great job of portraying the voice for the Mandalorian. And the stunt doubles that they hired to be the Mandalorian beneath the helmet, all very talented individuals. One of my favorite things about the Mandalorian is that it has Carl Weathers in it, the actor who played Apollo Creed in the Rocky films. Seeing him in this project was a shocker. I never thought he would ever get featured in a Star Wars product, but he no, he was there. So, all in all, great trailer. Love the trailer. It does a really good job of hyping you up. And see, this trailer does something that a lot of modern trailers suck at. It tells you part of the story. It gives you hints and clues but it doesn't give away the story. It just shows you some of what you can expect and who the main character is. It shows you some of the main important points, which is good. But other trailers give you too much information, and they get, they get you to a point where you now understand the plot of the whole film without having to go see the film. And it ruins the experience for you because, again, it gives away too much information in one helping. The Mandalorian when they composed the trailer and put together the video footage from filming on set for the trailer, they did a good job of being strategic about it. And they did a good job of making sure that, again, they drew you in, they got your attention, but they didn't give away too much information. Now, let's take a moment to listen to some of the dialogue and the script writing. The first scene... The first scene from the show that I want to have you guys listen to is the scene where the stormtroopers punch Baby Yoda when he's being held hostage in their backpack. That famous scene that got turned into a meme where the stormtroopers, the scout troopers on the speeder bikes hit Baby Yoda. So let's start off with that and listen to the dialogue and the sentences that you hear from the characters. Hey, how long has it been since that thing moved? I don't know, like a minute or two. Don't worry. Uh, it's been way longer than a minute. Oh, my God. Uh, shouldn't we check and see if it's still alive? You hit it pretty hard. You just want to see it. Well, we should check and see if it's hurt. Uh, the last thing that you want is to give Gideon a bag and have him open it up and find whatever is okay. left. Okay, look, here you go. See? Take a peek. Everything's fine. What is that? I don't know. It's a pet or something. A pet? Wait, you... Ow! Serves you right. Stop that. Identify yourself. I am IG-11. I am this child's nurse droid and require that you remind him to me immediately. A nurse droid? I thought it was a hunter. Aren't IGs usually hunters? Now, evidently this one's a nurse. I'm sorry, nurse, but you're gonna have to get out of here. Are you refusing my request? No. I'm telling you to get out of here. That was unpleasant. I'm sorry you had to see that. 
So all in all, I have to say I really do love that scene. The scout troopers are really funny in that shot, and Baby Yoda getting hit was kind of an iconic moment for the show. The writing was fantastic. The dialogue was just has an excellent pacing in that section of the script. They do a really great job of having good chemistry between the actors and the perfect amount of sarcasm and the perfect amount of impatience. And the IG droid, IG-11, that comes and saves Baby Yoda does a great job. Plus, fun fact actually, fun little bit of trivia, the actor who's providing the voice for and the motion capture for IG-11 is actually the same actor who played, I can't remember the character's name, but the character from Thor Ragnarok, whose body was nothing but rock, and he helped Thor escape from Jeff Goldblum and the Gladiator Planet. So, this was a pretty amazing shot, and I think it's proof that it's one of the many things that proves that The Mandalorian is a great show. The Mandalorian is, in my opinion, one of the best things to happen to Star Wars in years, and it is one of only two good parts of the Disney Star Wars saga. The only other good thing that Disney has ever done is Rogue One. The rest of it was, I'm sorry, the rest of it was, episode 7 was okay, but 8 and 9 are trash. Mandalorian, great show. And of course, The Mandalorian is the first ever live-action Star Wars series. It's the first ever Star Wars show that wasn't a cartoon or an animated series. So, truly a great show and great scene. Love this scene. I want to I have you guys listen to one more scene, and then we'll call it a night and end the episode there. The scene I'm going to have you guys listen to is a conversation between the Mandalorian and the Ugnat, who helps him get his weapons back when they're stolen by the Jawas and the parts of his ship. They will trade all the parts for the best car. I'm not going to trade anything. These are my parts. They stole them from me. You understand this? Get away from it! The egg. What egg? So, you guys, I have to say, I really did enjoy this scene because the dialogue, of course, as always, gr great. The dialogue is one of the highlights of the show. The Ugnat Quill, who is helping the Mandalorian get his stolen items back, is played by a very famous actor named Nick Nolte. And Nick Nolte does a great job of providing the voice for the character. It was actually incredibly impressive. I don't know if it's him in the costume. I do. I think it is. I believe it is. But I can't be 100% sure. I will say, on the Central Florida scale, on the Josh Harover scale, this show gets a 10 out of 10. John Favreau and Dave Filoni did great work. They paid tribute to George Lucas by giving us classic Star Wars with modern characters and a story that has never been done before. The Disney films tried to do this at first, but then Ryan Johnson in Episode 8 and J.J. Abrams in Episode 9, well, they did two things. They fought with each other, and they ruined the plot, and they put a lot of 
social justice issues in the screen of the film. And I'm sorry, but movies are supposed to be a tool to help entertain people and help people enjoy themselves. You really shouldn't use them as a platform for political ideologies. Unless it's something that's absolutely necessary. But you should save those for documentaries, not science fiction films in iconic franchises. You know? So, The Mandalorian is an amazing show. And I cannot wait for season two. Season two actually comes out this month, I believe. I believe it starts streaming October 30th. But let me double check on that. I'll, I'll confirm the date. Anyways, thank you guys for your support. Thank you for listening to Central Florida Film Review. Don't forget to follow us on our Central Florida Film Review Facebook page. And please consider financially supporting Shadows of the Empire, the fan series on Indiegogo.com and share it on social media and tell all your friends about it. Oh, and in addition, one last thing before uh, before I go, great news. The podcast is now available on a new app. We are now available on Apple Podcasts. So if you're an iPhone owner and you don't want to download Spotify or Stitcher to get the podcast, that's okay. We're now available on Apple Podcasts. We're also available on Apple, uh, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and many other of the classic and now extremely beloved podcast apps. Thank you guys for your time. Have a great night. Good night, good luck, and God bless.